Welcome to Metaphysical Soul Speak. I'm your host, Elena Fox Starks. Hey guys, I hope you're doing really well in this moment in time, and that whenever and wherever you happen to be in this metaphysical multidimensional matrix, that you are able to recreate your world in your image. Now, what do I mean by that? And what do you mean by your image? I don't mean everyone in the world will look like you. (laughs) What I mean by your image is, okay, look, first of all, God created you in his or her image. Okay. So you are a reflection of the divine. And if you could get yourself to your highest potential point and then you're able to recreate the world in that image what would it look like what would the way that you reflect God back to God what if you turned your mirror and reflect that reflected that to the world and you became an instrument of God's will truth and peace in this world what would it look like Are your higher truths inclusive of your personal ideals, such as freedom, justice, peace, love, happiness, joy? What are your true intentions in the world? What are your true vibrations? When you dump all of the negativity, all of the anxieties, all of your worries, all of your fears, all of your doubts, when you're able to let go of all of the shame, all of the sadness, all of the crap that was put on you by others and all the things that you accepted for yourself. When you can let go of all the stories that you bought (laughs) hook, line and sinker, when you take in other people's stuff and then you buy it and you buy other people's ideas, not only of the world, which is all false stuff anyway, But when you buy people's ideas of who you are and then you're reflecting a muddy, muddied water image, like you can't even see your own reflection, let alone project it out into the world. But when you are able to clear away all the debris, 
in your energy field from, from others, from your ancestry, uh, or ancestral line. Um, when you're able to get rid of all curses that others have put on you over the millennia or on your family line over the millennia, when you're able to let go of the false beliefs of yourself, the false beliefs of the world, when you're able to let go of the ego, especially egoic ideas of, um, feeling like you're superior to other people because of maybe your race or maybe because of your, um, religion, (laughs) uh, there's a lot of haughtiness, not haughty, but haughtiness, H-A-U-G-H-T-I-N-E-S-S in the world related to religion. There's still a lot related to race, but probably I I, I want to take a a wild stab in the dark and (laughs) uh, pretty much venture a guess that you're probably not, if you're listening to me in this show, you're probably vibing so high and you love pretty much everyone in the world, right? You're probably not in that category of thinking you're better than other people because the color of your skin. But a lot of people have these weird um, ideas and false notions of what's good and what's not in the world. But but some of us do have the race thing, but we're like reverse. I, I don't want to say reverse racist because racism is racism. But for example, I'm trying to put this gracefully and it's not coming out gracefully, but my, my son told me that sometimes he really doesn't like the white part of himself. So he says, I wish I was full blood Cherokee mom. Like, yeah, you know what? There are times when I too wish I was full blood Cherokee. And I had those same feelings when I was growing up, I related more to the native American side. I didn't embrace or even acknowledge the German part of me, which is like hardly any of my blood is German, maybe 20% if I'm, you know, at all. And I didn't know much about the Irish side and I, I liked it, but I didn't know much about it. My heart and soul was with that Cherokee blood. And I've been communicating with my Cherokee ancestors since I was a baby, even though I was raised by people that I just thought were white and they, you know, never really talked much about native stuff. My father was, uh, who raised me. He's not my genetic father, but he's German. He called himself Pennsylvania Dutch. Okay. So you know what, what I mean by that, if you're from the States, but he grew up, he's just, he's German. That's it. He's probably more than German, but that's all he knew about. That's all I thought about. I'm German and he would make German potato salad and he was very proud of that. I'm surprised we never went to Oktoberfest ever. Actually, I love Oktoberfest in Santa Barbara, but I'm I'm shocked that we never bothered to go to any kind of Oktoberfest when uh, I was growing up. But my dad always related to Native American stuff too. And I think he has at least one past life where he was a native and he was always interested in that 
And so he went out of his way to talk to people about how to make um, clothing out of deer skin. And he went into the pioneer days like, I don't know what you call it. It's like a reenactment group where everyone had to make their own clothes in the old fashioned way, of course, without a sewing machine. And my stepmom dressed like a, a prairie woman with the little, the little hat that covered her hair and had like a little bow under her chin, which was completely ridiculous looking on her bed. I think it's ridiculous looking on everybody, but you know, the Holly hobby kind of dress and my dad, um, dressed like a man who was trained how to make the deer suit by natives. I think that was like the fantasy world inside my father's head. I don't know. Of course, I'm not inside his head and he's been dead for years and God rest his soul. I can't ask him. Same thing with my stepmom, you know, but it was really cool that they did this, but I always thought it was really strange, but I loved going to when they had it like a reenactment at like the county fair and they would have um, everyone to dress up so they could have other people understand what it was like and how hard it was to go across the prairie on a covered wagon. And they would go across North Dakota, South Dakota. They went on a lot of crazy trips because they wanted to know what it was like. It's so interesting. You know, like how do you get water, you know, from the, from the grass, from the dew and the grass when there's no rain? What, how did they survive it? And so my, my parents were very interested in that, but my, um, my dad would always bring me, um, to the booth, they would call it, but it was really a teepee and inside a Buffalo skin rug. And I remember laying in that, knowing full well that probably my people weren't from, you know, the tribe where we had, uh, teepees, but something about the Buffalo skin rug kind of always got me. And I remember taking a nap on a buffalo hide thinking maybe when I grow up I I will live like this like really simply like maybe I'll find a river and just live alone you know and maybe I'll end up having a buffalo skin rug well I found out they're like a thousand dollars so I don't I don't quite own a buffalo skin rug yet I always thought it'd be super comfortable to put a cotton, like Egyptian cotton sheet over that. Of course, not at all traditional, but I always related to the native stuff. And it's funny because my dad, when I was growing up, he knew that I was part native and he didn't know what tribe. So I think that might be secretly why he was kind of going towards um, this kind of a culture to show me and teach me that kind of cultural experience. And when I found out later, hey, check it out, I'm... I'm Cherokee, but by the time I found out, my dad had died, so I was unable to tell him. And I did tell my stepmom, I think I did. Um, She was very negative towards uh, native stuff. But in my heart of hearts, I always felt like I'm native, right? But I'm more more Irish than anything. I'm actually 75% Irish or something like that. And my kid was saying this to me today, like, hey, I'm... I'm not thrilled with the white part of me, you know, and, and he was always saying things like in the past month or two, like screw royalty, fuck royalty. You know, I hate that. I hate that energy of that. And I'm like, but you have to embrace it and then transform it inside of you. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, okay, look, like your, um, your grandma's like grandpa was like the king of Sweden 
and his family was ousted. They were like kicked out completely of Sweden. And even though you're not related to him, he's still kind of like technically your great grandfather or maybe it's great, great grandfather, you know? And so he was a good man. They were a good family, but they did get ousted. There was like a big coup or some weird stuff. I don't know if you're Swedish, you know what I'm talking about. I honestly don't know, but this is what, this is the stories that we were told. And then from my, um, the, the adopted family that adopted me, um, we had a castle in Ireland and the queen of England, and we had already given away all of our wealth to help the people. So I'm really grateful to say that even though there's, I, you know, I was raised by people who were royalty. I'm really grateful to say, look, you know what? They were good people. They gave away all of their wealth to help the people of Ireland out of the goodness and the love in their hearts because they cared about people. And then, and then I told my son and also our last name Starks is a name given by one of the Kings of Ireland to his great, you know, great, 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 great grandfather who was there from Germany living in Ireland. You know what I mean? So that it's, even though that's not royalty, our name comes from royalty, even though it was like named, it just means strength. That's it. You know, and that's from, you know, when I married his father. So I'm not related to the Starks family either. I'm not even related to the Fox family. (laughs) Um, But the families that I am related to, there are some things in the family's history that I'm not, you know, pirates sound cool, but (laughs) it's not really that cool of a thing, right? You know, because they hurt people and stole their stuff. Um, you know, no one that I knew in my family, of course, but going back many generations, there's talk of, I mean, there's a, there's a, there, okay, look, there's a parrot with a golden ring in its mouth (laughs) in the family crest. Oh my God. So obviously (laughs) we were pirates and proud of it at some point, nothing to be proud of now. Um, there was a couple people who owned plantations. I don't want to say the rest there. That is not uh, a happy part of my family either, you know? So I've had to clear all this crap out of my psyche from like my stepmom hating natives to, (laughs) you know, know, and putting that on me. Um, She said something negative about Native Americans and I stood up and I said, but I am a Native American. And she backhanded me so hard I fell in the mall in front of hundreds of people. She backhanded me in a ring, like cut my cheek. And I mean, just flat out laid me down in a mall, just in and screamed at me. And I said, well, you know what we're going to, she goes, don't lie. You lying little bitch. And she started screaming at me in front of her best friend at the time. And, and I said, yeah, well, it's the truth. And I'm never going to deny who I am in my heart. And so we got home and I said, Hey dad, I have a question for you. And she gave me a dirty look. And, and I said, so I'm native American, right? Like that's like my genetic history. Right. And he said, Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In fact, I think you're Cherokee, but I'm not sure. And, um, you know, I, but I do know that you are definitely native American. And I looked at my stepmom and I said, see, I told you so. And she hated, I mean, absolutely racist to the max. She hated anyone who wasn't like white. (laughs) And she was just so angry. And what can she do? And I go, oh, okay, huh. 
And I'll like start rubbing my cheek where her ring had hurt my cheek. I'm like, good to know. And then I just like walked out and she was furious at me, you know, (laughs) so I'm never going to deny that, you know, it's who I am, but I'm not going to think I'm one better than one else. Cause I'm not, because the thing is the truth of the matter is when you get, you strip all of the crap away, (laughs) you know, and I was, and I try to get my son to look, you got to understand, you know, like even he has his, his, uh, the father from Sweden, or the great grandfather from Sweden, who was came from royalty directly, we, no one was related to him either, because it turns out that the great grandmother had cheated on the husband who could not, who was sterile and didn't know it, and ended up uh, being with a guy who is a direct descendant from other kings from Ireland. See, so we've got like three families that were kings from Ireland, and a family that was named from I. I mean, it's like all this royalty, but mostly from Ireland. <laughs> in my kids' history, as well as my genetic history. And and my son's like, okay, I go, but you have to understand that the McDermott clan also, the kings, the, you know, King McDermott gave away all of his wealth to the people. This was common in Ireland. They would gather up the taxes, but when there was a famine or problems, they gave all the money back to the people. It was just like, you know what? Screw it, you know? And... We're going to make, we'll give you everything we have. And if we starve to death, you know, with you, that's better than us living and you not, you know what I mean? So it was like that kind of a thing. And I told my son, I go, I don't know why. I think Scotland was the same. I don't hear of, I've never heard stories of other countries that did the same thing. Um, I'm not sure, you know, maybe, maybe it is, maybe it isn't that way. I don't even know. But I do know that there are parts to be proud of anyway. And, you know, there's no reason to hate that part of your history. You know, you can own whatever you want to own from it, but you can clear the parts that are negative. You can clear the energy that was, that was something that you're not so proud of, right? And you don't need to live the white guilt thing if there were plantation owners in your past but you also don't need to support the damn statues, right? Let's support taking down all the statues. Let's support Black Lives Matter movement now. Let's support the good things now. So, you know, that that are on the right side of history, <laughs> you know, um, because I don't have anything to do with what my ancestors did back in the day, right? But I do want to be a part of going forward from now on, I want to be a part of something that does reflect perfectly the world I want to be in. I want to reflect God's love perfectly to the world. I want to create the world in my image, not my image, but my higher self's image. And this is what I'm talking about. Creating the world in your higher self's image. And what is your higher self really? It's, it's your soul. Your soul is made from pure love. It is pure energy. It is divine creator energy. With that, we can reflect to the world the what we want to see, and we can create the world we want to live in. I want to live in a world where nobody thinks about ever putting another person down because of their age, because of the color of their skin, because of their religion, because of their um, anything, their IQ their gender, right? So I want to live in a world where everybody is equally loved and everyone feels 
emotionally and spiritually and physically nourished. I don't want people to starve in the world anymore. In fact, I just heard of a really cool app today. Oh man, I'm not thinking of it. I think it's called Feed. Is it Feed the World or um, Share a Meal? Maybe it's called. Maybe you guys know what I'm talking about. I just saw an ad for this today when I was watching Trevor Noah. And you could look it up. I mean, just maybe it's called Share a Meal, possibly. It's an app. And in this app, every time you sit down to eat, you quickly get on that app and you just push a button and 80 cents goes out to um, children around the world that are um, in need of a meal. And it costs 80 cents a day to feed a child for a whole day in most parts of Africa and I think parts of Asia. And you pick your region maybe, or maybe they pick for you. I have no idea, I haven't found the app. And every time you sit down for a meal, just push a little button and someone gets fed 80 cents, 80 cents. It brought tears to my eyes. I'm like, that's, I can't wait to get this app. I can't wait to make enough money where every time I sit down, I'm donating for my son and I 80 cents for each of us. Boom. Dollar 60. You know, if I sit down for a damn snack, dollar 60 and I just fed two kids for the day, you know, like I was really thinking, I mean, I would probably put a thousand bucks. If I made enough money, I would give a thousand dollars a month to this app. And they um, will show you pictures of the children you're feeding and um, it'll show their progress like in school and what their health is about, like what, you know, it helps. You could literally help people and know who you're helping. And I, I don't know if you could contact them, but you get updates, you get pictures of the children. You know, I have to look into it more and see if it's actually a real app or if they're just taking people's money. <laughs> you know, it's like, yes, I am a little cynical, but I mean, hell, we live on Earth, which kind of really does feel like a prison planet, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't really mean in Alex Jones's way of where the government's controlling us, but in a way in which we seem like we were all the rebels and the bad, the baddies <laughs> of the galaxies and the universes, you know, cause think about all the stuff that has come up out of, out of humanity. I mean, I've talked to you guys many, many times about how I'm certain that the true evil in this world is our humans. Demons will push you <laughs> to be your worst self and they will keep pushing you until you no longer want to be that. And then you will go back to the goodness and the light and the sweetness within. And then it's over. Then, you know, then you're fine. You know, when you get to a point where the devil can stand in the room with you and tempt you in every possible way, and you could say, it doesn't even interest me anymore. And then you can love the devil. Literally, if you could love the devil, then you know, you've, you're, you're fine. You're good spiritually. And I know that sounds crazy, but Jesus said, love your enemies as yourself. So if you grew up Christian, you know what I mean? Like, you know, so why are you hating the devil? If Jesus said to love everybody, <laughs> you know, I'm not saying you become a Satan worshiper or whatever. Cause you know, that's just, you know, that's not at all what I mean. And I do, I like to operate outside of religion completely, even though I have, um, you know, uh, converted to Islam a few years back, 
well, like eight years back. I, I don't, I don't operate my world and my life in the confines of religion. You know, I'm very deeply spiritual and, and I speak with God constantly. And you all know, if you've known me for a while, you've known me for the past year and a half that I, I channel God a lot and I am constantly speaking with God. And God told me today the topic for this introduction. And he said, you need to create the world in your own image. And so encourage people to co-create the world in their own image, but in their highest, best self image. So you have to get rid of all of the stuff that other people put on you. You know, all the anger and the rage that was directed at me for even saying I'm Native American. I mean, it was like literally I got beaten for being who I actually genetically am, right? But is that truly who I am at the core of my being? Well, I'm I'm no race. I'm no religion. I'm just pure love. And therefore, I am every race and I am every religion from a higher spiritual standpoint. And coming from that place, it's a place of justice and equality and divine joy and purity, you know, and there's an innocence. And I don't mean the acts that you do or don't do, but I mean the innocence of being that pure potential, that pure energy, and that's who we truly are. So we need to recreate the world in the image that we wish to see. And I don't mean, you know, if you see someone get murdered, that you just ignore that and go, oh, what a lovely bird. You know, if you see something bad like that, and I did, I actually witnessed a murder in Lima, and I just, I looked at my daughter, we we both watched as a man got shot in the head, (laughs) And we just, we saw it and we looked at each other and we immediately turned away from it. And, and my, my daughter said, nope. And I looked at her and I said, mm, nope. And she says, what, what say you? We, we never speak of this again. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, I think it's wise. You don't want to talk about what we just saw because we knew it was maybe gang related or mafia related, or there, there might be some other element and we wanted to protect, you know, not only ourselves, but also my son. And we were just like, yeah, we, we see nothing. We know nothing and let justice be done from a higher perspective. You know, let God sort that one out because I don't need or want to be involved with that. Now, normally, you know, if it's in the States, then yeah, you're going to call the police. You're going to, you know, have the police out. You're going to describe the guy. You're going to describe the whole thing in Lima. You just don't really, you know, the cops are corrupt. They're not going to do anything anyway. You know, It's just like, nope, you know, but if you see something like that, what can you do? You, you just do the whole Ho'oponopono process. That's what I do. I put love and light over that situation. I hope that things like that do not get repeated in that neighborhood and just, I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. Now, who are you saying that to? Saying it to the shooter? Are you saying it to the guy on the ground who, who had sex with this shooter's wife? No, which was obvious because the wife was standing there in lingerie, screaming and yelling. I'm your amor, no, no. <laughs> I don't know who she's calling me amor. Was she saying that to her husband or was she saying that to um, 
her lover. <laughs> She's standing there laundry in high heels. <laughs> so super obvious what happened there. And we're just like, I, what do you do in that situation? It's like crazy, right? I can laugh about it now, but it actually, um, it was weird because I had repressed that it happened and we looked at each other. We went and we ate and we ate a lot of food in this restaurant because we didn't want to leave. And I remember eating like probably $10 more worth of food than we want, went in there for. We were already really, really um, done eating. And then we just stayed, had more French fries. We stayed and had some ice cream. Oh, let's try another flavor of ice cream. Oh, maybe it's time for another cup of coffee. I mean, we stayed long. We didn't want to leave. We're like, oh man, you know? And so then we had to like go back out of the restaurant and walk the three blocks home at night in the dark, nine o'clock at night in Lima in like Chorrios, not a very nice neighborhood. And we're just like, oh my God, we were living in a gated community there, but it was like they were getting in the bad people. I mean, there were a lot of crazy things going on in that area. But, you know, when we moved there, we didn't know. It looked like a nice neighborhood to us. We didn't know better and, you know, just signed a year lease. And, oh, all right, fine, let's just get through this year. But um, the best thing, and so who do you talk to when you see that? What do you do? You say, to God, I love you. And what you're saying is, I love you above all else. Let me focus on my love for you. That raises your vibration immediately. It almost puts like a, a golden shield around your body and around your mind, you know, that, that white light. And then you say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I witnessed that. I really am. I'm sorry that that happened. I'm sorry that for whatever reason, that was in my psyche in a way that I was there to witness that. I'm sorry that I felt like it was necessary for someone to kill somebody else in front of me. And I'm sorry that that was in my psyche enough for me to attract it in my energy field. It's crazy that happened. So I'm sorry that I thought that about my fellow humans. And then you say, please forgive me. You know, God, please forgive me for the anger that um, is in my energy field that allowed me to witness anger in another. That was a passionate anger. And I know I have passionate anger in me. And I'm, I'm sorry that I have that, that passionate anger in me. And, and so much so that I drew that to myself or I drew myself to that energy. I was walking towards that energy and witnessed it as it happened. So there's a reason. If that's in my psyche, it's, it's because it needs to be cleaned. It needs to be cleansed, not only in my psyche, but to reflect the higher vibration of God through me to them, I have to forgive that thing I just saw. When I say, please forgive me, I'm saying to God, please forgive me for allowing this to be in my energy field at all. Forgive me for letting me think that this can happen, that this should happen, that, that this was somehow right to happen. And then I have to realize that I'm only human. If I had been in any of these people's positions, maybe I would have been any one of the players in that, in that little scenario, that little drama that was acted out in front of me. You know, I can't judge them. I have no right 
to judge them. Only God can judge me and only God can judge them. So please forgive me and my, and also please forgive me for judging that asshole for shooting that other asshole and forgive me and, and also forgive me for judging that woman for cheating on her husband. And also God, please forgive me for that, the, the cheating guy for, for allowing him to be, you know, if, if I was going to be that guy in the scenario, I'm a downright bastard. I'm a dirty, rotten scoundrel. But you know what? If that's part of who I am, please forgive me for that too. This is how the Ho'oponopono process works, right? And then you say, I'm sorry. You know, so I I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I'm sorry. Then you say, thank you. Thank you for accepting me. Even though maybe I'm not perfect yet. And I'm not a perfect reflection of you yet. All right. Well, please forgive me. I love you. Thank you. I'm sorry. Those are the words you just say. You can say them in any order. It doesn't matter. So anyway, that's, you know, when it came back to my psyche, I was just like, oh my God, I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. So I'm trying to create the world in the image I wish it to be in, in who I am as, as, as a soul. I'm not going to say this is who I am as Elena. I am far from perfect as Elena, but as a soul, I am perfect. That's who I wish to be. That's what I wish to reflect on the world. As a soul, you are perfect. As a soul, you are pure divine love. You are pure creative force. And you deserve every good thing in this world, especially when you can learn to clear your energy field and clear the debris and reflect God's pure and divine love and the energy of innocence on everything. So create the world in your image. And when the images in your world are far from perfect, cleanse them, clean them, fix them. Now, what if you never witnessed that? Well, thank God, because <laughs> it was freaking hard for me to witness that. And I was, I mean, I was there on a cleaning mission anyway. I was in Lima to clean and cleanse. Um, mostly I was working with the animals, but I had to work with mostly dead humans and animals, you know, ghosts, tons of ghosts. I had to work with um, the slaves, um, 5,000 slave spirits that were stuck on a plantation in Lima or, or just south of Lima. And I went there and, oh my God, they were surrounding me. And I was like, okay, everybody come with me because I'm going to take you away from this plantation and I'm going to get you out of this freaking in between dimension because this is not right. And I just, I just gave them so much love. And then, um, I forgot what to do and I didn't know how to open a portal yet. It was ridiculous. It was like the first huge group I I processed instead of one person at a time. I, (laughs) I took on 5,000 people and (laughs) So I, I called my friend. I'm like, I have this massive headache and I just went through this thing. And I asked the, the, the energy of the, you know, the, the slave spirits to come with me. And now I've got this massive headache. I feel like I'm going to die. And he's like, that's because they're pushing on your head. Cause you forgot to release them. I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. You're right. And I'm like, okay. So then I had to, um, figure out how and ask God, show me, show me what to do. So I figured it out and I opened up the energy for them. And I just gave them the love and asked the angels to come and pick them up and take them to heaven, which was which happened promptly and they all left. But um, so I was on a cleaning mission anyway. So when I witnessed that murder, it was like, oh my God, I saw a lot of corruption. I saw a lot of things. 
And all I did all day long, every time I went anywhere in Lima, it was just like, um, God bless this person. God bless that person. God bless this person. God bless that person. God bless her. God bless him. God bless them. God bless this. God bless this. God bless this. That was literally what was going on in my head constantly, 100% of the time. You know, like I'd give someone money and I would say, God bless this money that will bless this person. God bless this person. Hand him the money. <sighs> like ridiculously, um, a, a ridiculous amount of my mental process was God bless this person. God bless this person. God bless this neighbor. God bless this block. God bless this energy. God bless the city. God bless that person. God bless that dog. <laughs> I mean, that's just totally how it was. And when I was in Detroit, same thing. I, I just prayed all day long for my neighbors every single day. And then I would calm down and I'd relax my energy and I would meditate and I'd feel somebody else upset. I'd hear somebody crying or I'd feel their energy and I would just sit and pray for them for another hour or two. I mean, it was like constant. And it was what my purpose was there though, right? So you have to pull that stuff out of your psyche. Now, one, one thing I've noticed though, um, I don't have as many people or animals or as many spirits coming to me as they used to. So maybe I'm done with that. I don't know. But as they come, I still, I still help them of course, but it's not nearly as much. And I have not witnessed any violence since I got to Ecuador, even though I have been aware of it. And when I read about it or someone tells me about it, then I just, that's when I do the whole Ho'oponopono process. But it's no longer directly in my energy field. So my fear, that might've been my fear to see someone being murdered. That just might've been my fear. And then I saw it and then I repressed it. And then two years later, I was like, holy crap, I remembered that. Oh my God, that was terrible. You know? <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, I better, I better clean that right now. <laughs> oh man, I swept that one under the rug. And then two years later, I was like, oh damn, I've got a rug. Lift up the rug and, oh, got to clean that. Got to clean that one, baby. So, so I did. And that's, um, <laughs> but I had some crazy dreams this weekend. Have you guys been having really wild dreams? I had dreams that disturbed me to the core. I'm not going to describe them because they were very uh, emotionally disturbing for me. But, and I was like, did somebody send this dream to me? No. Did I, was this from me? Is this something horrible inside me? And the answer was no. I'm like, okay, thank God. Is this what someone else is putting on me? No. Is this the energy someone else's? And I've been asking the question for days and finally it dawned on me. And I asked God and God's like, yes, bingo, you got it basically. And the question I asked was, is this in somebody's psyche around me, maybe in my neighborhood or in my city? The answer is yes. Somebody nearby had those energy, has that, has those thoughts, has those thoughts of these acts that were very, um, well, unspeakable. I can't tell you what was. And so I'm cleaning them like I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. Please send love and light to this person. Please help this person spiritually awake so they don't have these thoughts anymore. Please help them through this so they don't have to go through this any longer. Yeah, and then I had another disturbing dream. Like I had a dream that my um, my son threw my parakeet in my cup of coffee and the parakeet 
um, almost drowned and I was like, holy crap. And the hot coffee was hot. And I put my hand in there to take the bird out of my coffee and my hand was burned, which means the bird was burned. And I don't know if the bird was going to live or die. And then I woke up crying. I don't even have a bird. <laughs> it's like, what the hell? And it was like this beautiful, like kind of a turquoise, um, greenish, like turquoise, bluish, greenish parrot or parakeet. And and it broke my heart. And I woke up, I'm like, that's so stupid. Cause A, a bird would spread its wings and would not go in the cup and maybe attack my son. And B, my son would never do that. Cause he's not like that kind of a person. So I don't know what that meant. If was, I was asking God, is this a metaphor? And I think it is. Would my son really do that? The answer is of course, no. You know, would I allow that to happen? Of course, no. It was just like something that happened really fast and that just burst into tears. I know it's a metaphor. I don't know what. So it's like one of my metaphors too. <laughs> just like last week I had a dream about the elephant kicking me in the stomach, you know, and it was my body telling me we need to lose weight. We need to lose the water weight. And immediately I found, um, the right combination of vitamins and I was able to pee out all the water weight within 48 hours. But maybe I was feeling like an elephant <laughs> my body was like, Oh, we're hard. And big and lumbering and it was just because we we're filled with the water weight but then I fixed it and I was like oh okay I feel a lot better now thank you thank you God thank you God that's amazing so there's a lot we need to clean in our world our surroundings the things that are inside us the things that are outside of us the things that like it would never I, I've never killed anybody I've never gone over to somebody's house to cheat help them cheat on their spouse thank you God but like the whole scenario that played out before me, you know, but I couldn't judge them. That was maybe a test for me that I couldn't judge any one of these players in this weird little drama that I was there to witness. <laughs> it was like literally across the street and I happened to be looking at that moment. And of course the woman is screaming her head off. So of course everyone in the neighborhood saw you know, and I'm sure that not one person uh, had a memory of it the next day, especially when the police rolled around. And maybe there was no body the next day. I mean, you know, it was that kind of a crime-ridden neighborhood where it's just like, mm, yeah, I'm going to have to let that go <laughs> immediately. <sighs> but I, it was like a test for me. I, I couldn't judge anybody. Just, you know what? I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you, God let it go. And so anyway, recreate the world in your own image. And, and when I say you, not the you that you think of yourself on a day-to-day -day basis, not the you who'll cut people off in traffic or flip somebody off or scream at them when you're angry, not the you that would do too much drugs or drink too much or call in sick and lie about being unable to work or, you know, like, you know, if you're, you know, if you're any of those things, or if you've ever been any of these things in the past, I mean, we all have itty bitty elements of those things, right? Um, the person who would never cheat on your spouse, but you cheat on your taxes or <laughs> never cheat on your taxes, but you cheat on your spouse, you know, anything that you have in your psyche, anything that's just a little bit needs a bit of a tweak. Don't, don't recreate the world in that image. Recreate the world in the image of who you truly are at your core, which is someone who would never do any of those things, right? You know, um, 
or when you consider those things at all, like, you know, like your higher self isn't focused on taxes and, you know, going to work. Your higher self is focused on love, purity, innocence, power of quiet stillness, humility, being humble, being gentle, being kind. Reflect the world in those images. In fact, if you could pick three words that reflect who you think your higher self is, put those words on your mirror in your bathroom or put them up in your, in your, um, on your wall somewhere, maybe on your refrigerator or on your door before you leave the house. If you are still going out to work and focus on those three things all day, every day and see how your world is going to change. And let me know. I want to hear it, and I will read your story on the air. All right, guys. Um, I'm going to go to space weather. Let's get over to this other thing here. So, spaceweather.com. We turned to this. We feel like there's a lot of crazy stuff going on, and we feel all this strange stuff, and we we have no explanation for it. The doctors say we're fine. Everyone must think we're crazy until we turn to... <laughs> science <laughs> spaceweather.com and we find out well you know maybe we're sensitive to energy and there's a lot of energies that uh hit at certain times and usually when there's a power surge in the energy coming from the cosmos usually that's when we feel maybe we're overtired or we're or we feel a little bit nauseated those days or we're gain migraine headaches on the days when we're hit by solar wind or cosmic radiation has increased and that's the day we feel like taking a nap for three extra hours in the afternoon, which is normally unlike us. These are called the ascension symptoms. We've got a lot more radiation and a lot more bombardment of these things than ever before. And as we tune our time or tune our minds to um, who we are in these times, right? We tune our our mind and our body and we're fine-tuning us ourselves we're understanding that we're more than just a physical body and we're being more aware of the energy that we are of our multi-dimensional selves and the more we're aware of this the more we're affected by all of the outer energies because we're aware of our own energy when they collide with the other energy and then our who we get what we call downloads upgrades <laughs> And the like and the the ascension symptoms are real. So every every day we try to turn towards spaceweather.com that's gonna help explain eh, why we feel how we feel. It's not it is physical and it is spiritual and that's why we have Metaphysical Soul Speak the podcast because I wanna talk to us all of us, including myself about where science and spirituality meet. So anyway, uh, solar wind speed today is 363.4 kilometers per second. So that's, that's a bit of a pickup since last week. The sun is blank and we have not had a sunspot in three days. Now, does that mean we're not going to get any more solar flares or CMEs for a while? Usually it would mean that, but last week, as you recall, we had a piece of the sun randomly break off. Usually it breaks off out of the sunspots and it just randomly happened and we got it a random solar flare. So that was strange. Um, 
I, in the past, I don't know, year and eight months, I've been doing this and have never heard of that. I, I don't know if I, maybe I've been reading from space weather for about a year. I have never heard of that. This part of the sun, just like a sun, a solar flare <laughs> or CME, which means coronal mass ejection plasma coming off the sun and being hurtled our way. Um, I've never heard of that unless it was connected to a sunspot. So if that was very odd, it, it can still happen, you know, um, all right, let me see. I'm checking my, uh, checking my, uh, moments. I don't want to go over time here. All right. So let's see. Have you guys heard about the election day asteroid? <laughs> what now? 2020. Oh God. Don't tempt this year. Just don't tempt this year. 2020. My God. You know, like, like Trevor Noah says, coronavirus is the only one out and about living its best life ever in 2020. <laughs> I mean, what? This has been a really wild, really crazy year. I mean, for the whole world, for everyone. This is maybe the only time that we've all been in the same exact boat together. I mean, completely, you know, um, doesn't matter if you're rich or you're, um, poor or you're young or you're old, it doesn't matter because coronavirus can still take you out. Whether you're a newborn baby or you're 80 or you're 30. My friend, um, Kyle told me that his neighbor who is from Laos, he's Laotian. He is around 29 or 30 years old and he's on ICU right now uh, with coronavirus so if you want to send him love and light and healing I already have I'm sending him um, some energy and you know asking God to bless him you know Um, but this is a way that a lot of people I think before they were born have decided to leave so I'm not saying this guy but in in general I think a lot of people have chosen to leave at this time rather than um ascending and rather than waking up and being spiritually awake and aware, they're just like, I can't handle this crap. I mean, it's, it's over. I had a good life, but a boom, but a bing bye. I'm out. F this shit. I'm out. <laughs> I, I feel like, I mean, coronavirus has been the biggest karma convention that's happened since, um, I've been alive in this time around. Um, <laughs> it's probably one of the biggest things. I mean, my, my son was saying, you know, someday, you know, he says, I'm going to be old and I'm going to have grandkids and my grandkids are going to go, wow, you lived through COVID-19. That is, whew, that's really something, right? So anyway, all this stuff's going on. And then now guess what? We're having a big asteroid headed towards earth in a, in, on a crash course giant collision <laughs> ah, and it's gonna hit the day before uh, election day which is in November but don't panic it's actually only six and a half feet across <laughs> according to NASA there is no significant um, there's only a significant 0.4% uh, chance of impact they're, they're saying there's no need to fear so it's only two meters across. It's really tiny, actually. 
I mean, I, I'm thinking it's probably, if it does hit the earth, it's going to be like in the ocean. And I mean, the whales better swim aside, you know, you know, maybe the sharks, y'all better get out of the way. But other than that, I don't think it's going to make that much of a impact. In fact, what they're saying is that the vast majority of the mass of this thing is going to disintegrate harmlessly high up in the atmosphere, which will produce a very beautiful fireball and not at all Armageddon in spite of what the rest of this year has looked like for us. So E, um, if you want to go to spaceweather.com, you're going to see a picture of a gigantic jet that is related to sprites and sprites are the strange energy formations that fly out of the tops of some thunderstorms and they reach sometimes all the way up to the edge of space and they have been called space lightning and somebody caught one of these things on on camera it was pretty cool it looks like it might be a security camera it's black and white it was very very interesting this is a type 2 gigantic jet event and there's three types and they start as blue jets and then transform into gigantic jets and this is another weird one of those weird um, anomalies I have never heard of and ever since I started reading space weather I've learned a lot of cool things anyway so I wanted to bring this up all right so uh, there is a, a north coronal hole facing the Earth right now, and it will be hitting our magnetic field on my birthday tomorrow. So, yay! <laughs> That's going to be fun. We're going to have more upgrades on my birthday. The noctilucent clouds are almost completely gone. Bye, beautiful cobalt blue noctilucent clouds at night. It's so sad. I didn't really see them, although... I did see some bright red clouds in the sky down here in South America, but I did not really, um, I don't know if they're really noctilucent clouds or something else. They might be something else. So, uh, anyway, I'm missing all the beautiful noctilucent cloud pictures. Then we'll get more back next year, so don't, not to worry. Uh, the NASA's all sky cameras on the all sky fireball network above the United States. They searched the skies for meteoritic fireballs in 14 out of the 50 states. And we had tonight 27 fireballs over the United States, at least the continental U.S. That's 26 sporadic and one southern delta aquarid. So that's kind of cool and exciting, isn't it? Uh, all right. As far as the Schumann residence is concerned, the HeartMath Institute, there's, their website is stuck on last Monday, so we're not going to report anything from them. The only big news coming out of Italy today from DisclosureNews.it is 17 hertz frequency on the Schumann Resonance Scale, which is quite low compared to what it's been, you know, for, well, months now. So, I mean, except for last week, it was at 7, which was odd because it has not been that low in a very long time. So that's it. I mean, you know, that's our typical news that we uh, talk about done. Now, we normally do A Course in Miracles, but we finished it on Friday. Oh, what a gift, right? I don't know if your life has been filled with miracles from this or not. If you were really paying attention, 
If you want to study A Course in Miracles, you could go to ACIM.org, of course, and study it for absolutely free or download an app. But what I've decided to replace A Course in Miracles and your miraculous lessons with is I am going to read a a card or um, tell you a card. I'm going to pick a card for the collective every day. And this is a new segment of the show. Um, I bought some cards from wish.com. I've been really happy about wish lately. (laughs) So I bought the vintage wisdom Oracle deck, the literary witches Oracle everyday witch tarot and the rebel deck. And I did a pendulum earlier over all these different decks and God said to do it with the rebel deck. I grabbed the card and this is it. (laughs) The rebel deck is a picture of a unicorn with a circle around it and a line across its neck because life is not all about fluffy bunnies and unicorns sometimes. Sometimes you gotta get tough and do the tough love thing. Here's the rebel deck card. It literally on the blue side of it, it says rebel. And then you turn it over and it says, because fuck it. (laughs) That's your advice for the day, guys. Just rebel because fuck it. (laughs) I don't know what that means. It's going to you. Some of you are probably spitting out your drinks right now because it's so funny, but I, it is what it is. Rebel because fuck it. There you go. I'm going to take a quick break, guys. And when I come back after these two messages, actually two messages and one, a third special message from Tim, the cosmic threader from Canada. I just thought I would throw this in there. I know he wanted me to add one of his messages (laughs) and I'm going to try to have him on the show. I don't know when, probably in the next week or two, I I've got to get together with them and figure it out and ask my higher guidance when we're going to have Tim on the show. But, um, he's a really cool guy. And so I wanted to just throw that in. It's nice to hear another voice once in a great while. (laughs) One that I'm not channeling that's inside my head. Right. I'm just kidding. All right. Anyway, guys, I'm gonna take a quick break. And when I come back, we're going to read the Kaiba lion and see whether or not I open up another portal and leave through it during the reading of the, of the book, ah, the Kaiba lion by three initiates right after these messages. Metaphysical Soul Speak is run on sponsors and listener support. This means listeners like you. If you are so inclined to support my efforts and my little podcast, please visit me at anchor.fm forward slash metaphysical and pledge an amount of your choosing today. Thank you. Well, hello, it's the Cosmic Threader of Wednesday morning coffee. Perfect for your commute, your morning jog, or your pre-nap ritual. Hey, Elena. Um, (laughs) I would love to be uh, on your show, Metaphysical Soul Speak. The beauty of messages on uh, the Anchor app, for those of you listening in, is they can be used in your episode. 
which is uh, both uh, exhilarating and terrifying at the same time. Um, so, Elena, if you'd like to have me on the show, I am around. I know you record quite frequently, so, um, yeah, feel free to use this uh, little blip in one of your podcasts, and uh, I'd love to be on the show. Uh, I'm only doing one a week, so I have extra time. Hope you're doing well. <laughs> I hope you guys liked the rebel deck, the Oracle with attitude. (laughs) That was one of the milder cards, just to be honest with you. I love this, this deck that it's, it's a hot pink box. And at the bottom, there's like a stripe across the bottom that's in black. And on that, it says zero filter, zero fucks, all fun. (laughs) Rebel deck, the Oracle with attitude. And they have no, um, there's absolutely no, uh, book that comes with it because it, it even says on a card inside, we don't need a book to interpret these. They're very straightforward messages. And it says, uh, rebel deck messages are quick, dirty, and direct. We gave the ancient art of divination a modern makeover and added a little insult to the insight. <laughs> and it says, open if you dare on top and it says brace yourself (laughs) this deck is rebellious foul mouthed and raw ask the cards what you need to know right now these messages will tell it like it is no interpretation needed so i just wanted to give you a little bit more insight as to what is up with this crazy deck the rebel deck not all the cards I have are like this, but every day I'm going to try to read you guys a new card and the new card might be from the rebel deck. So you're going to have to brace yourself. <laughs> and some of the cards are really sweet and mild. So it just depends. And that was a card God wanted me to tell y'all <laughs> tonight. So yeah, there's there's that then all right uh the kaiba lion we left off we read only chapter seven last week i was falling asleep like it's not like i'm falling asleep it's like i get so overloaded with the energy and the information of the book that i think an, a portal is opened up above my head and sometimes when i'm reading the book i will just leave my body and go talk to the people who wrote the book and they are training me and teaching me as I'm reading the book to you guys. Uh, it's like I'm dividing my energy and dividing my attention. And I don't try to do no purpose. It's like, talk to me when it's over, guys. When I fall asleep tonight, I will leave my body and come up and I'll talk to you all night long. You know, why do you have to do this when I'm trying to do the show? Like, this is ridiculous. So <laughs> I don't know what happens with this book. And this has been every week. This is the fifth week. We'll see what happens, but every week so far, something has happened. There might be artifacts on the, on the tape or the tape. Oh my God. What am I in 1972? The tape, what the hell am I meaning? Um, (laughs) on the digital audio recording I'm making like this is on tape. Oh my God. I can't believe I just said that. (laughs) That is so crazy. And I used to record music on cassette tapes when I was in high school. 
and I've been listening to The Cure a lot, so maybe that's been on my mind, you know, just tape. Oh my God. I used to have it back in the day when I had a cassette player. I remember when I finally bought my first CD, I was just like, what the hell? It was like $26. I was like, oh my God, it was so expensive. And now I just listen to music for free on YouTube because I'm, you know, it's like I'm cheap. I don't even have a, a, I don't think, no, actually I do have one player that will play CDs, but you know, it's just, everything is different. It's fast now. We could digitally download music, which is amazing. Yeah, someday when I'm rich, I'm going to actually pay all my favorite bands again. <laughs> and the last concert I went to was Green Day, and I didn't even pay to get in. I got, I, I knew a politician in Lima, and I got free tickets for my kids and I, and I scalped the fourth ticket that I had gotten for free, and I sold it. That was probably illegal. I don't even know. But, I mean, it's like I didn't even pay to get in to the last concert I went to. I... I did buy t-shirts though, and I was wearing it all last week, my Revolution Radio shirt, because that was the green day I went to, and God bless them, I love them, they're so awesome, and yeah, Billy Joe, I met him in Berkeley, he was an amazing, amazing person, he lives in Oakland, and I saw him kind of on the edge of Berkeley in Oakland, and I'm not going to tell you where, because it's a place I think he hangs out quite often. And I won't even tell you why, because it's kind of sad. But anyway, he's a very sweet person. And anyway, well, God bless Billy Joe. <laughs> anyway, um, this is where we're at. We are at Gutenberg.org is where I'm getting the book for free. In fact, any book who is older than 80 years old, so all the octogenarians and more, you can go read them for free on the Gutenberg project. And I love this website and God bless the Gutenberg project tonight. Um, because it's like a large chunk of our entertainment, right? I've been reading you guys books on Monday nights. It's become a tradition. We've been doing this for uh, months and months and months and months and maybe over a year. Actually, we've gotten through some pretty good books and a lot of them, Ironically, there's a big explosion of spiritual and metaphysical books in 1912. The Yogi Publication Society is one of the publishers. They are actually the publisher of this book that we're reading tonight. The Kybalion, you can spell this K-Y-B-A-L-I-O-N, was written by three initiates. Now, we don't know who these initiates are. I'm maybe possibly thinking one of them might be Swami Panchadasi, otherwise known as William Walker Atkinson, but I don't know. I don't think he would even admit to it. This this man has been on the other side for a very long time, and I've never asked him. I've never even tried to contact him, although maybe someday I will. And now I just got a chill, like a, a just a chill came over me. Are you in the room with me? No, he's not. Just... Ooh, the idea of, of channeling him gave me the chills. So that might be a confirmation. Uh, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see in time where it is. But um, anyway, I don't even know what the word Kybalion means, just to be honest. But it's weird because it's a book called the Kybalion, but they keep quoting from the book and then explaining the quote from the book, which is really weird, right? And 
as near as I can tell when I start reading this and a portal opens up and I leave my body and I go up there, there are three men standing around a little stone slab and it's white and gray marble. Gray stands for wisdom. White stands for purity. And this marble is cold to the touch. Even though I'm in my spirit body, it's like I somehow know this somehow. And there's this big, huge book and they're standing around this book reading it and contemplating it and teaching it to anyone who reads this book. I This happened to me the very first time I read this book and it's happening to me now when I'm reading the book. So we'll see what happens tonight. Um, hopefully it will get through it without my uh, leaving my body. And if there's any artifacts, if you guys hear any weird chirping laughter or anything that I don't seem to understand is there or that I don't hear it because the um, recording will pick up things that I can't hear with my human ears. So if you hear anything, let me know because I have a feeling there's some good, there, there's always something lately. There's been, I'll go back and listen to something that's like, oh my God, (laughs) there's a fairy laughing in my video or in my audio. That's so crazy. So if you guys hear anything, let me know. All right, here we go. Without further ado. Oh my God. Did you, as soon as I said that, did you, I did hear that my right above my head and I have moved my bed away from that, uh, window where I thought I heard a rat or a squirrel or something. <laughs> um, I moved my bed into the middle of my room. So maybe the acoustics are a little bit different now, but did you guys hear that? There was just like the, the wood cracked, made a cracking sound. Anyway, like every time I say a truth, the, the ceiling will make a sound or the closet. <laughs> this is a very magical house. It's very, very psychically active. So anyway, here we go. The Kaiba Lion, written in 1912 by three initiates. We are on chapter eight. Planes of correspondence. As above, so below. As below, so above the Kaibalion. The second, the great second hermetic principle embodies the truth that there is a harmony, agreement, and correspondence between the several planes of manifestation, life, and being. This truth is a truth because all that is included in the universe emanates from the same source and the same laws principles and characteristics apply to each unit or combination of units of activity as each manifests its own phenomena upon its own plane for the purpose of convenience of thought and study the hermetic philosophy considers that the universe may be divided into three great classes of phenomena known as the three great planes, P-L-A-N-E-S, the three great planes, namely, number one, the great physical plane, number two, the great mental plane, number three, the great spiritual plane plane PMS for short okay I'm just kidding doesn't say that (laughs) 
<laughs> physical, mental, spiritual, PMS. Easy way to remember that, right? Okay. I, I'm saying that. They're not saying this. Okay. So that's it. The three great planes. Number one, the great physical plane. Number two, the great spiritual or mental plane. And number three, the great spiritual plane. So here we go. These divisions are more or less artificial and arbitrary. For the truth is that all of the three divisions are but ascending degrees of the great scale of life, the lowest point of which is undifferentiated matter, and the highest point that of spirit. And moreover, the different planes shade into each other, so that no hard and fast division may be made between the higher phenomena of the physical and the lower of the mental or between the higher of the mental and the lower of the physical. In short, the three great planes may be regarded as three great groups of degrees of life manifestation. While the purposes of this little book do not allow us to enter into an extended discussion of or explanation of the subject of these different planes. Still, we think it is well to give a general description of the same at this point. At the beginning, we may as well consider the question so often asked by the neophyte. Who desires to be informed regarding the meaning of the word plane, P-L-A-N-E? Which term has been very freely used and very poorly explained in many works upon the subject of occultism? The question is generally about as follows. Is a plane a place having dimensions or is it merely a condition or state? We answer, no, not a place, nor ordinary dimension of space, and yet more than a state or condition. It may be considered as a state or condition, and yet the state or condition is a degree of dimension in a scale subject to measurement. Somewhat paradoxical, is it not? But let us examine the matter. A dimension, you know, is a measure in a straight line relating to measure, etc. The ordinary dimensions of space are length, breadth, and height, or perhaps length, breadth, height, thickness, or circumference. But there is another dimension of created things or measure in a straight line, known to occultists and to scientists as well. Although the latter have not as yet applied the term dimension to it, and this new dimension, which by the way is the much speculated about fourth dimension, is the standard used in determining the degrees or planes. Okay, a a little side note here. We're all in the fifth dimension right now, so this was written in the third dimension. So keep that in mind. When I leave and go into a portal, I'm thinking I'm entering the seventh dimension or maybe higher. This book was written, I think, from a higher plane of existence, a higher dimension, way above us. 
So we're going to, you know, imagine that the people who wrote it, they were in the third dimension. They're channeling a higher dimension. And they're talking about the fourth dimension, which is now below where we're at right now. I think that our new mental plane is going to be the sixth dimension. And we're still trying to figure that out and what it is. A lot of us are still stuck in the third dimension. You could hop up and down between the two. Um, still, it's not going to be a big, huge jump. <laughs> you know, we're still having our physical bodies that we're trying to elevate and lift up into the fifth dimension. So we're trying to go up, up, up there. But there's still some things holding us back, and it's a long, drawn-out process. So, you know, um, so keep this in mind as we continue to read now about the fourth dimension that it's literally beneath our feet even though we've never physically been in it. It's always just been our plane of ideas. It's where we have our dreams. It's where all of our subconscious desires and fears um, reside. So um, there you go. Let's uh, continue back with the book. So the fourth dimension may be called the dimension of vibration. It is a fact well known to modern science, as well as to the hermetists who have embodied the truth in their third hermetic principle that everything is in motion. Everything vibrates. Nothing is at rest from the highest manifestation to the lowest Everything and all things vibrate. Not only do they vibrate at different rates of motion, but as in different directions and in a different manner. The degrees of the rate of vibrations constitute the degrees of measurement on the scale of vibrations. In other words, the degrees of the fourth dimension. And these degrees from what occultists call planes, the higher the degree of rate of vibration, the higher the plane and the higher the manifestation of life occupying that plane. So that while a plane is not a place nor yet a state or condition, yet it possesses qualities common to both. We shall have more to say regarding the subject in the scale of the scale of vibrations in our next lesson in which we shall consider the hermetic principle of vibration. You will kindly remember, however, that the three great planes are not actual divisions of the phenomena of the universe, but merely arbitrary terms used by hermetists in order to aid in the thought and study of the various degrees and forms of universal activity and life. The atom of matter, the unit of force, the mind of man and the being of the archangel are all but degrees in one scale and all fundamentally the same. The difference between solely a matter of degree and rate of vibration are all our creations of the all and have their existence solely within the infinite mind of the all the hermetists 
subdivide each of the three great planes into seven minor planes. And each of these latter are also subdivided into seven subplanes, all divisions being more or less arbitrary, shading into each other, and adopted merely for convenience of scientific study and thought. The great physical plane and its seven minor planes is that division of the phenomena of the universe which includes all that relates to physics or material things, forces and manifestations. It includes all forms of that which we call matter and all forms of that which we call energy or force. But you must remember that the Hermetic philosophy does not recognize matter as a thing in itself or is having a separate existence even in the mind of the all. The teachings are that matter is but a form of energy. That is, energy at a low rate of vibrations of a certain kind. And accordingly, the Hermetists classify matter under the head of energy and give it to three of the seven minor planes of the great physical plane. The seven, these seven minor physical planes are as follows. Well, they're going to give them to us. This is intense. Number one, the plane of matter A. Oh, are you kidding me right now? (laughs) Two, the plane of matter B. Three, the plane of matter C. Four, the plane of ethereal substance. Five, the plane of energy A. Six, the plane of energy B. Seven, the plane of energy C. Okay, I'll bite. What does all this mean? (laughs) This is getting like really intense, right? Okay. The plane of matter A comprises the forms of matter in its forms of solids, liquids, and gases as generally recognized by the textbooks on physics. The plane of matter B comprises certain higher and more subtle forms of matter of the existence of which modern science is but now recognizing the phenomena of radiant matter in its phases of radium, etc., belonging to the lower subdivision of this minor plane. The plane of matter C comprises forms of the most subtle and tenuous matter, the existence of which is not suspected by ordinary scientists. The plane of ethereal substance comprises that which science speaks of as the ether, a substance of extreme tenuity and elasticity pervading all universal space and acting as a medium for the transmission of waves of energy such as light, heat, electricity, etc. This ethereal substance forms a connecting link between matter, so-called, <laughs> and energy and partakes of the nature of each. The hermetic teachings, however, instructs that this plane has seven subdivisions as have all of the minor planes 
and that in fact there are seven ethers instead of but one. Whew, that's very interesting, isn't it? I mean, I all these books keep ma- mentioning this ether, right? I mean, it must be real because I've read it in many, 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 many books. And not just all by William Walker Atkinson. <laughs> many books. So if all these uh, spiritual masters and the people that are studying, initiates and adepts and students and saints um, are all saying that there's an ethereal substance, who am I to, to, to say there isn't? I, I really think it must be true. But now that we are learning that there's seven ethers this is this is going to require a great deal of thought on my part i got to think about this i'm going to ask god more about this all right next above the plane of ethereal substance comes the plane of energy a which comprises the ordinary forms of energy known to science its seven subplanes being respectively heat light magnetism, electricity, and attraction, which includes gravitation, cohesion, chemical affinity, etc., and several other forms of energy indicated by scientific experiments, but not as yet named or classified. The plane of energy comprises seven subplanes. Oh, I'm sorry. The plane of energy B comprises seven subplanes of higher forms of energy not as yet discovered by science but which have been called nature's finer forces and which are called into operation in manifestations of certain forms of mental phenomena and by which such phenomena becomes possible the plane of energy c comprises seven subplanes of energy so highly organized that it bears many of the characteristics of quote-unquote life but which is not recognized by the minds of men on the ordinary plane of development being available for the use on beings of the spiritual plane alone such energy is unthinkable to ordinary man and may be considered almost as the divine power The beings employing the same are as gods compared even to the highest human types known to us. The great mental plane comprises these, I'm sorry, those forms of living things. Let me read that again. The great mental plane comprises those forms of living things known to us in ordinary life, as well as certain other forms not so well known, except to the occultist the classification of the seven minor mental planes is more or less satisfactory and arbitrary unless accompanied by elaborate explanations which are foreign to the purpose of this particular work but we may as well mention them and they are as follows number one the plane of mineral mind All right, this is already super interesting. (laughs) Does that mean the mind of crystals? (sighs) Rocks? 
mountains, um, magnesium that I have in the bottle downstairs, minerals. Okay, I'm going to continue to read, but this is really just, whoo, getting to me. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Okay, number one, the plane of mineral mind. Two, the plane of elemental mind A. Three, the plane of plant mind. Four, the plane of elemental mind B. Five, the plane of animal mind. Six, the plane of elemental mind C. Seven, the plane of human mind. The plane of mineral mind comprises the states or conditions of the units or entities or groups and combinations of the same, which animate the forms known to us as minerals, chemicals, etc. These entities must not be confounded with the molecules, atoms, and corpuscles themselves. The latter being merely the material bodies or forms of these entities, just as a man's body is but his material form and not, quote, himself, unquote. These entities may be called souls in one sense and are living beings of a low degree of development, life and mind just a little more than the units of living energy, which comprise the higher subdivisions of the highest physical plane. The average mind does not generally attribute or attribute the possession of mind, soul, or life to the mineral kingdom, but all occultists recognize the existence of the same. And modern science is rapidly moving forward to the point of view of the hermetic in this respect the molecules atoms and corpuscles have their loves and hates their likes and dislikes attractions and repulsions affinities and non-affinities etc and some of the more daring of the modern scientific minds have expressed the opinion that the desire and will emotions and feelings of the atoms differ only in degree from those of men. We have no time or space to argue this matter here. All occultists know it to be a fact, and others are referred to some of the more recent scientific works for outside corroboration. There are the usual seven subdivisions to this plane. The plane of elemental mind A comprises the state or condition and degree of mental and vital development of a class of entities unknown to the average man, but recognized to occultists. They are invisible to the ordinary senses of man, but nevertheless exist and play their part in the drama of the universe. Their degree of intelligence is between that of the mineral and chemical entities on the one hand and of the entities of the plant kingdom on the other. There are seven subdivisions to this plane also. The plane of the plant mind. 
in its seven subdivisions comprises the states or conditions of the entities comprising the kingdoms of the plant world, the vital and mental phenomena of which is fairly well understood by the average intelligent person. Many new and interesting scientific works regarding mind and life in plants have been published during the last decade. Plants have life, mind, and souls, as well as have the animals, man, and superman. The plane of elemental mind B in its seven subdivisions comprises the states and conditions of a higher form of elemental or unseen entities playing their part in the general work of the universe, the mind and life of which form a part of the scale between the plane of plant mind and the plane of animal mind, the entities partaking of the nature of both. The plane of animal mind in its seven subdivisions comprises the states and conditions of the entities, beings, or souls, animating the animal forms of life familiar to us all. It is not necessary to go into details regarding this kingdom or plane of life, for the animal world is as familiar to us as is our own. The plane of elemental mind C in its seven subdivisions comprises those entities or beings invisible as are all such elemental forms which partake of the nature of both animal and human life in degree and in certain combinations the highest forms are semi-human in in intelligence okay the plane of human mind in its seven subdivisions comprises those manifestations of life and mentality which are common to man in his various grades, degrees, and divisions. In this connection, we wish to point out the fact that the average man of today occupies but the fourth subdivision of the plane of human mind, and only the most intelligent have crossed the borders of the fifth subdivision. It has taken the race millions of years to reach this stage and it will take many more years for the race to move on to the 6th and 7th seventh subdivisions and beyond. But remember that there have been races before us which have passed through these degrees and then on to the higher planes. Our own race is the 5th with stragglers from the 4th which has set foot upon the path. And then there are a few advanced souls of our own race who have outstripped the masses and who have passed on to the sixth and seventh subdivision and some few beings still further on. The man of the sixth subdivision will be the superman. He of the seventh will be the overman. I know a lot of women who are overmen. <laughs> Oh, I just got a happy birthday from Mike Dooley. Oh, I love him. I must have put my birthday on his website. He doesn't know me personally. You guys know him, Tut. Thought the thoughts are things guy from The Secret. 
I just got a little notice. I just had to say that. Aw, love him. God bless Mike Dooley today and every day. Okay. Um, all right. <laughs> this stuff is getting deep, right? Here we go. Let's dive a little deeper, guys. In our consideration of the seven minor mental planes, we have merely referred to the three elementary planes in a general way. We do not wish to go into this subject in detail in this work, for it does not belong to this part of the general philosophy and teachings. But we may say this much, in order to give you a little clearer idea of the relations of these planes to the more familiar ones. The elementary planes bear the same relation to the planes of mineral, plant, animal, and human mentality and life. That the black keys on the piano do to the white keys. The white keys are sufficient to produce music, but there are certain scales, melodies, and harmonies in which the black keys play their part and in which their presence is necessary. They are also necessary as connecting links of soul condition, entity states, etc. between the several other planes, certain forms of development being attained therein, this last fact giving to the reader who can quote-unquote read between the lines a new light. Uh Uh-oh, I just, I don't know how I just lost that, that's so strange. Um, okay, sorry. (laughs) Given to the reader who can read between the lines, a new light upon the processes of evolution and a new key to the secret door of the leaps of life between kingdom and kingdom. The great kingdoms of elementals are fully recognized by all occultists and the esoteric writings are full of mention of them. The readers of Bulwer's B-U-L-W-E-R, Bulwer's Sanoni, which is spelled S-A-N-O-N-I, Sanoni, and similar tales will recognize the entities inhabiting these planes of life. (laughs) Note to self, read Sanoni by Bulwer. That's very interesting. I can't wait to read that, actually. Okay. Passing on from the great mental plane to the great spiritual plane, What shall we say? How can we explain those higher states of being, life and mind, to minds as yet unable to grasp and understand the higher subdivisions of the planes of human mind? The task is impossible. We can only speak only, I'm sorry, we can speak only in the most general terms. How may light be described to a man born blind? How sugar to a man who has never tasted anything sweet. How harmony to one born deaf. All that we can say is that the seven minor planes of the great spiritual plane, each minor plane having its seven subdivisions, comprise beings possessing life, mind, and form as far above that of man of today as the latter is above the earthworm, mineral, or even certain forms of energy or matter. The life of these beings so far as transcends ours 
that we cannot even think of the details of the same. Their minds so far transcend ours that to them we scarcely seem to think. And our mental processes seem almost akin to material processes. The matter of which their forms are composed is of the highest planes of matter. Nay, some are even said to be clothed in pure energy. And what may be said of such beings? On the seven minor planes of this great spiritual plane (laughs) exist beings of whom we may speak as angels, archangels, demigods. On the lower minor planes dwell those great souls whom we call masters and adepts. Hmm, okay. Above them come the great hierarchies of the angelic hosts, unthinkable to man, and above those come those who may without irreverence be called the gods. So high in the scale of being are they, their being, intelligence, and power, being akin to those attributed by the races of men to their conceptions of deity. These beings are beyond even the highest flights of the human imagination, the word divine being the only one applicable to them. Many of these beings, as well as the angelic host, take the greatest interest in the affairs of the universe and play an important part in its affairs. These unseen divinities and angelic helpers extend their influence freely and powerfully in the process of evolution and cosmic progress. Their occasional intervention and assistance in human affairs have led to the many legends, beliefs, religions, and traditions of the race past and present. They have superimposed their knowledge and power upon the world again and again under the law of the all, of course. But yet even the highest of these advanced beings exist merely as creations of and in the mind of the all and are subject to the cosmic processes and universal laws. They are still mortal. We may call them gods if we like, but they still are but the elder brethren of the race, the advanced souls who have outstripped their brethren and who have foregone the ecstasy of the absorption by the all. In order to help the race on its upward journey along the path, but they belong to the universe and are subject to its conditions, They are mortal, and their plane is below that of absolute spirit. Only the most advanced hermetists are able to grasp the inner teachings regarding the state of existence and the powers manifested on the spiritual planes. The phenomena is so much higher than that of the mental planes that a confusion of ideas would surely result from an attempt to describe the same. Only those whose minds have been carefully trained along the lines of the hermetic philosophy for years, yes, those who have brought with them from other incarnations the knowledge acquired previously, can comprehend just what is meant by the teaching regarding these spiritual planes. And much of these inner teachings is held by the hermetists 
as being too sacred, important, and even dangerous for public, general public dissemination. And that's how I was always trained, honestly. Although we're doing it now, baby. (laughs) And you know, honestly, the way I look at it, um, is that I'm giving the knowledge, the esoteric, deep, hidden, secret knowledge. I'm giving this to you guys freely and openly. It's already out there for people who seek it. And if someone's listening to this, they're going to be like, if they don't believe it or they're not there yet, they're going to be like, what is this? And they'll turn it off. (laughs) So if you're here and you're still stuck with me listening or you're sticking with me, I mean, in your, in your hanging on every word that I'm reading and I know I am, um, it's because you are there. You're at that level. (laughs) You have spiritually awakened enough, awakened enough to be here. So yay us, right? (laughs) Um, it's pretty crazy. Oh my goodness. I just looked and it's 44 minutes in to the recording. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to relay a story to you guys at the end of this. So this is, this is a very long chapter. So here we keep going. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> ah, all right. So yeah, the hermeticists think that these teachings, these inner teachings are too sacred, important, and even dangerous for general public dissemination. The intelligent student may recognize what we mean by this when we state that the meaning of spirit as used by the hermetists is akin to living power, animated force, inner essence, essence of life. Wow. Etc which meaning must not be confounded with that uh, usually and commonly employed in connection with the term, i.e. religious, ecclesiastical, spiritual, ethereal, holy, etc., etc. It literally says etc. twice. (coughs) To occultists, the word spirit is used in the sense of the animating principle, carrying with it the idea of power, living energy, mystic force, etc. And occultists know that that which is known to them as spiritual power may be employed for evil as well as good ends in accordance with the principle of polarity, a fact which has been recognized by the majority of religions in their conceptions of Satan, Beelzebub, the devil, Lucifer, love that show okay <laughs> uh, Lucifer the fallen angels etc and not all of us that fell are actually evil by the way some of us fell to take to keep an eye on the evil ones or the, you know the egotistical ones they're not really evil no one's really evil that's just a conception but anyway back to the book <laughs> And so the knowledge regarding these planes have been kept in the Holy of Holies in all esoteric fraternities and occult orders in the secret chamber of the temple. But this may be said here 
that those who have attained higher spiritual powers and have misused them have a terrible fate in store for them. And the swing of the pendulum of rhythm will inevitably swing back, swing them back to the furthest extreme of material existence from which point they must retrace their steps spiritward along the weary rounds of the path, but always with the added torture of having always with them a lingering memory of the heights from which they fell owing to their own evil actions. The legends of the fallen angels have a basis in actual facts, as all advanced occultists know. The striving for selfish power on the spiritual planes inevitably results in the selfish soul losing its spiritual balance and falling back as far as it had previously risen. But to even such a soul, the opportunity of a return is given. And such souls make the return journey, paying the terrible penalty according to the invariable law. In conclusion, we would again remind you that according to the principle of correspondence, which embodies the truth, as above, so below, as below, so above, all of the seven hermetic principles are in full operation on all of the many planes, physical, mental, and spiritual. The principles of mental substance, of course, applies to all the planes, for all are held in the mind of the all. The principle of correspondence manifests in all, for there is a correspondence, harmony, and agreement between the several planes. The principle of vibration manifests on all planes. In fact, the very differences that go to make the planes arise from vibration as we have explained the principle of polarity manifests on each plane the extremes of the poles being apparently opposite and contradictory the principle of rhythm manifests on each plane the movement of the phenomena having its ebb and flow rise and flow incoming and outgoing the principle of cause and effect manifests on each plane, every effect having its cause and every cause having its effect. The principle of gender manifests on each plane, the creative energy always being manifest and operating along the lines of its masculine and feminine aspects. As above, so below, as below, so above. This centuries-old hermetic axiom embodies one of the great principles of universal phenomena. As we proceed with our consideration of the remaining principles, we will see even more clearly the truth of the universal nature of this great principle of correspondence. And that's where we're going to end it tonight. We'll come back next week with chapter 9 entitled vibration so i mean there you have it my god it took 
like 40 minutes just to read that chapter. It might take a few times listening to this to, to really get it. I might have to listen to it a few times. So, yeah, I was told in Guatemala, and I've mentioned this several times now on the show. If you've listened to me from the beginning, you've heard this already. But I do have another 10 brand new listeners that are consistently listening again and again and again. So welcome, you guys. Yay. Thank you for coming to Metaphysical Soul Speak, the podcast. I know there's a lot of spiritual shows out there, and you are choosing to be with us. (laughs) And maybe you have found your hashtag soul tribe, hashtag soul family. That's how you find me. Those hashtags on Twitter and Instagram. I always say hashtag soul family. So you can find me. Uh, Find my posts, and I am mermaidgirl888 on Instagram as well as on Twitter. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've been told when I was in Guatemala, I met an angel and he was manifest in human form. And he said, I'm like, I know you, I know you from somewhere. And I just, I love you so much. I love you. And there's this purity of love I have for you. When I'm in your presence, I feel that you are like a brother to me. He said, that's because we're angels. We're fallen angels. I'm like, oh my God, this guy's, um, he's smoking crack or something. (laughs) Like, what the hell is he talking about? Well, since then, and that was a long time ago, it was like 2013. I have learned that I, I really am the angel of death. I am the original Archangel Azrael, angel of death. And there's a new acting Archangel of death. His name is Hariel and he and I also obviously know each other because I am no stranger to death and he's been in my life a lot. (laughs) First time he came for me, I slapped his bony ass hand away from me. I'm like, Oh hell no, I am not dying today. (laughs) I was really angry at him, but, um, I knew he was real. And now that I've learned the truth of my personal origins and I'm a human, I'm going through all this stuff that you're going through. Um, I fell to earth, uh, not because of hubris or arrogance, but rather, um, I was asked by God to come and keep an eye on the humans as a human and to do everything I can in my power to help you guys. Right. And now I am one of you guys. So we're all in this together as humans. But in the past few years, I have met several angels. I've met several people who know that their archangels fallen for either good or bad reason. And I know a man who knows that he is half demon and half angel. And it wasn't just a metaphor of sometimes I'm good. Sometimes I'm bad. I mean, he's trying to be on the good side of things, the good part of himself. But he says, I know that that is my origin. Like his spiritual parents or something. I don't know (laughs) how he puts it, but he's like, I know I'm half demon and half angel. And that's how he, you know, feels that he manifests. But I have met the angel of chaos and I have met the angel of, um, justice, I think it is. And I know that my twin flame is also an archangel. He doesn't know it. I'm sure he doesn't know it, but he's an archangel of music. So it's like really crazy. Especially since I can't play a damn thing. You know, I try, I try to sing, but anyway. 
anyway, I, so it's kind of cool for me to read that part where he, in, in the Kabbalion just now where he says, there is a basis in reality for this. This is real. It's like, damn. It was, it's crazy. Anyway, that's it. That's it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I will be back tomorrow on my birthday <laughs> with all unique and original programming, just like always. And well, that's it. I don't know. Um, if you, well, you already know how to get in touch with me. If you want to get in touch with me, DM me at mermaid girl 888 on Instagram. Easiest way to get in touch with me these days. Um, even though I have metaphysical soul speak at gmail.com, I don't really have access to that right now. Long, weird, technical, boring story. But anyway, uh, that's it, uh, for now. Um, I do want to thank you for your ongoing continued support and your, um, going through this spiritual ascension together is one of the greatest gifts I've ever been given. I'm glad that it's not just me experiencing all this crazy stuff that I can't explain to anybody who's still sleeping. (laughs) (laughs) And I've heard of many stories of people going to the doctor with all these weird symptoms and the doctor's like, you're just making it up or there's like, no medical basis for any of this crap, right? But if you ever feel like you are having a medical issue or crisis, by all means, go to the doctor just, you know, for your own peace of mind and your own health and welfare and safety, of course. But, um, I'm glad that we're all here together going through this stuff and we can talk about it and recognize it and go, Oh yeah, well, thank God I'm not the only one. And that's why I'm doing this show. I'm here to help you guys. And as I'm helping you, I'm helping myself as well. You know, um, I'm discovering as you're discovering. And so here it is. Um, yeah, here it is. So that's, that's it for tonight. That's it for now. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think, is there anything else? I do want to tell you guys that I love you. I love each and every one of you and I'm grateful you're here on the journey with me. And I'm also, by the way, grateful for those of you who are telling your Facebook groups about me and your Twitter followers and your Instagram followers. We are getting the word out. I do need this to grow in order to keep it alive and going. Um, you know, I just, it's like I run out of money in two months and I really, really need more listeners. I make one penny per listen. So (laughs) if you could get all of your neighbors and friends and relatives and people who are spiritually opening up and spiritually awakening and they're seeking for answers and you think maybe my answers might be in resonance with them, please let them know. Tell people in your Facebook groups, especially, you know, if you're in yoga groups or meditation groups or chakra and aura groups or UFO groups, especially because we do channel ETs on the show as well. So I don't know what we're going to do tomorrow. Um, it's all up to divine. I always ask God, what are we going to do the show on today? Um, except for like Mondays and Fridays. Um, the rest of the week is all up to God. I'm hoping Tim could come on to the show sometime this week. And I think, um, he will, but again, it's all up to the divine because I am a messenger of the divine and I am a channel for God for you guys. So anyway, I love you. I hope you're doing well. Be safe, be healthy, 
And that's it for now, guys. I am signing off with peace and joy and the high vibes of the Holy Fifth Dimension. Until next time, guys, peace. I was born this month and I wanted to do something for you guys. Normally, my readings are $111 for a tarot reading or a psychic mediumship reading. That means I can basically help you talk to any of your deceased loved ones, your higher self, even God himself, or any of the ascended masters that you've always wanted to have a conversation with. What you need to do is just contact me at mermaidgirl888 on Instagram. Just direct message me and let me know you're interested in having the birthday special $88 reading. That is $33 less than my normal price. And as always, my cloud readings are also available at $33. So there you have it. Happy August. I look forward to hearing from you.